0: given us to be just in your presence to have the ability today to just raise our hands up and worship you with a clear conscience knowing what was done at the cross gives us the ability to stand before you at this moment father god open the hearts of the people change their vision their way they look at you so their lives could be transformed this we pray in jesus mighty name and the people of god say amen. and the people of god say amen 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 uh, growing up, it's something about parents and kids being clean. Like, for some reason, like, if I was to get dressed and dirty it, I would run. Because the face of my mother, her reaction when she saw me is like... Get you see because for some reason, it's like, you know, I... I got you all dressed up they probably went out and bought it and we got it all dirty and the funny thing is with with, with spanish and spanish homes is that they say that you're a reflection of the parents so they'll say your parents brought you up on messy so for the biggest thing is like to stay clean right so when i would dirty whatever i had on the first thing you do is run like you hear your mother or your dad run right and it's funny because this has been happening all the way from the garden of Eden. When he was stained by sin, the first thing Adam did was what? Run. So today i am gonna be talking about raised to life because next week we have baptisms. Uh, and baptisms are so awesome. And perhaps, you know, you had questions about baptism. Do I need to be saved uh, to be baptized or be baptized to be saved? Uh, uh, or oh, what's really the meaning? Oh, I was baptized with a child when I was a child. So what do I need? to do that and uh, a race to life is about being at a place that you are no longer with God because a lot of people say death they think it's just dying apart from your body but death is separation from God it's really what it is when God told Adam if you eat from the street you should surely die it was a separation and it was only the blood that kept it going and um so next week we have baptism. So I figure I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a class all together and 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 preach about this because it's so significant. And even what happened in my life, uh, even serving God, and it was it was an experience, uh, being baptized in water. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew when I got up it was something different. And I was serving God for about a year and a half. Um, I, I came from a conservative group um, that you had to take classes to get baptized. Uh, and I would read the Bible and say, hold on, there was one guy that. It was a little piece of water, and it was like, what's well, stopping us from, from baptizing you? And they took water, like, from the ground and went, sprinkle, that's it, you're baptized. Because it was a significant of something internal, a belief system internal, and that is an outward expression of something you believe inside. So the biggest significant, like, I was, when I was raised up, uh, I was raised Catholic, so most Catholics will baptize them with their child. But baptism is significant of understanding and realizing what God's done. When you're a child, you have an innocent stage. You're a, you You have no sin. Because you don't, your conscience is still dormant. It's not till 13 or 14 that you recognize the wrongdoing. It's at 12 or 13, even at 6, you start running from doing wrong things. Even when your clothes get dirty, at 6, you're running from your parents because your conscience is already saying there's something wrong. And when there's something wrong, you tend to run from whoever is the authority in your house. Raised to life. So we're going to go to the opening verse. In uh, Peter 3.18. and I'm gonna break down this scripture because I'm gonna take you somewhere. So I want you guys to come in this journey. I'm gonna I'm take you somewhere so that so you guys can understand. You'll leave out of here today, understanding what baptism is, in. even if you've been baptized before and didn't understand what happened. You, you don't even, I, I was baptized uh, and, and I understood what I, what I was doing, but not realizing the fullness of what it was because I still had a sin conscience. And when you get baptized in water, you come back. The significance is it's not that it's an external cleansing. It's a cleansing of the conscience. The ability to be before your dad and not run from your dad is the significance of baptism. So let's go to the verse. It's going to be our opening verse. And it's in 1 Peter 3.18. And We're going to just break down these couple of verses um, so you guys can get a better understanding uh, of being raised to life. Because, again, anything apart from God is to be dead. You know, walking in my walk with uh, without God, it was just a separation. And anytime I would think of of God or even they would invite me to Sunday church and I was like, I don't want to go there because the walls will come down because I, my conscience was so full of sin. And I went in there, I was like, I didn't deserve to be in there. You say, let's go to church. And you ever invited someone and say, let's go to church and that I'm not ready. It's really that their conscience is so filthy with those kids. They're just so dirty right that if they see the father the first thing they're gonna think is is the wrath because they've done so much bad look at what it says in 1 peter 318 it says christ suffered for our sins once for all time if i was to stop there and you go home with that you won. not because it's not like every time you do something wrong jesus christ is being crucified it was one sacrifice for all time everybody say all time, all time. that means now that means your future. That means that's it. He's sitting down, relaxing. The work is done, right? So this is very important because he says he never sinned. Like he didn't have nothing. There was a beautiful exchange at the cross. He says he never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Tell your neighbor, welcome home. Because it's profound how he says it there, right? Safely. That's how many things you've been escaped how many accidents you had or overdoses i went through all that yet god in his mercy got me home safe he suffered physical death but he was raised to life in the spirit tell your neighbor be raised to life, raised to life. now he died he took what what everything that 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 was done in the world and and this is one of the greatest things that last week we were talking about uh, the atonement uh, the new beginning, how Jesus Christ I want to show you a picture of what happened sort of like when he was at the cross he took the sins, we wasn't even born so we wasn't born, think of this, 2,000 years ago you wasn't even born, yet all the sin that you committed and going to commit was brought there at that moment because it says that he died for our sins for all time, that's profound I mean, most people serve God and never really get the, that essence of all time. Because the essence of what God wanted to do was this. He wanted to have a relationship with you more than you wanted with him. So he wanted to bring you home safe, right? So he was like, imagine the problem he had. He was up there in heaven and he was with Jesus and they were chilling out. And then because of sin, everybody was separated. He created a, a creation that says that we were created in his image, not dogs, not animals, not nothing. We were created in his image, and what he wanted the most was a family. That's what God wanted the most when he created Adam. He, he wanted to have fellowship with, with someone that would want him because of love, right? And here comes sin, boom, and little by little by little. By little, it got even to a point that sin had gotten so much. There was nobody. It was just him and Jesus up there, and his creation was so separated from him because of what of the sin of Adam. It got to the point, you know, like what God said. I want to show you how bad it got. God said this: "I I repent from creating them. All I wanted was a family. Here's God up there. All I wanted was a family, someone that would love me and they will they they will love me back, because this is all about love." this is all about love. Some people ask me, George, but if, if um, God knew that what was going to happen at the garden and why he put the, the sneak there, like, what, you know, why he brought sin in there, like it wouldn't be perfect. The re- in other words, if there's not a choice, how will God know he loves, that you love him? Right? If, 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 if I'm in, if I'm in a, an island and it's me and Sulma, right? And I'm like, I love you, babe, right? And she'll probably look at me like, oh, I'm the only one here. Like, you can't love nobody else, <laughs> right? So you got no choice but to love one, right? But here, here comes the freedom of choice that God wants to give us, right? It's like, imagine me in that island, and there's another woman in there. How would I demonstrate my love towards my wife and that's genuine? Because I wouldn't go nowhere else. So if there is not a choice for you to choose, how will God know that you chose him? If there's not another, another choice, does that make sense? So, the reason that was there was so you can choose. You could choose this or you could choose me. If there is no choice, then there's nothing to move you. How would I know? In heaven, everybody's perfect. So, he wanted someone that, that will choose him. He says, You know what? I'm going to do this really, really good. You can eat from all these trees. Imagine, this might be 2,000, 3,000 trees. And he said, But you can't eat from one tree. And you would imagine that you got 2,999 other trees. And you will pick the one that he told you don't do. Right? So because of that, I want you guys to understand, because of that, it was like cancer. And it started growing, growing to the point that God says, Phew. and here it is. He, he, he's at a position in a place where, what do I do? Like I'm going to just get rid of all of them. But the, the Bible says that he found one man righteous called Noah. Everybody say Noah. Think of it. There was no, there was no law. There was no nothing. Why was he considered righteous? Not because he was perfect, but because he believed God. Your faith in God is what makes you righteous. It's not your doings. It's not to say that Noah was perfect, but there was someone standing in the gap saying, I believe God. And God saved everyone. So he, for, for for like, I think it was like 140 years it took to build Noah's ark, right? And so for 140 years, he's Noah, right, preaching about salvation. He said, hey, everything's coming to an end. God's going to wash the earth with water. He's going he's gonna to cleanse sin with water. Water represents cleansing he says so he's he's preaching about a tree and because the noah's ark was built by what it was built with trees and nails so here it is they're promoting trees and nails here it is you want salvation go in because where in the tree and the nails is the salvation that's going to take you up because the water is going to do away with the sin Whew. salvation was everywhere all the time so christ suffered for our sins it was once. Once you're home, he doesn't have split custody. Yeah, <laughs> I have my daughter, and my daughter I have split custody. She's not with me all the time, right? So when God redeems you, there's no split custody. And what I'm saying by this, watch this. I want you to follow me with this. It doesn't mean that when you do something wrong, you're sin, you're thrown out of the house, and you belong to another. It says, you was once slave by sin. You were the slave on this side. And nothing you could do good could bring you into righteousness. So how is it that now you're in righteousness and the minute you do something wrong, you can go back to sin? How could you make sin greater than grace? So what you're saying is, that, oh, I messed up. God is throwing you out? No, there's no, you are home. Welcome home. God seals you with his Holy Spirit and he seals you and preserves you to that moment. Is it a process? Yes. Tell your neighbor it's a process. Because many times, again, because the kids, right, the notion when you do something wrong, the first thing that we have in our mind, and it's just our conscience, is to run. And sometimes you, you're walking, you're walking, trying your best, and the problem is that you're trying, not allowing God to do it. And it says, it is the power of God that enables you to do the right things, not your self-efforts. It's not about what you can do, it's about what he can do through you. And the biggest notion is that many people try to be right and try to do all these things, and you know what, that's a heavy load. And it gets to this point. I don't know if you've ever been there. To the point where I'm not even going to church more. I can't do this. It's not that we put that load. Your conscience put that load. Where you feel like you're like those kids and you can't come because daddy can't take me the way I am. God loves you the way you are. We are a working process. You didn't become a good sinner overnight. You became a good sinner over time. You're not going to become a righteous person overnight. You're going to become a righteous person in, in a process. Who you are today, in one year, two years, if you put your time and effort, you will grow. The Bible says that the Word of God is like milk, right? Look at a baby. How does a baby grow? It's through the Word of God. And sometimes when you're not feeding your spirit, what happens is you just stay stuck. You could be Christian for 30 years and never see the promises of God in your life. I refuse to be that because I did witchcraft for 10 years and that works. I've done witchcraft for 10 years and I've seen it work. And you mean to tell me I'm going to come to this side and then nothing works? That that is greater than God? I'm sorry. I'm not going to stand here and say that because I've seen it from my own eyes. That there's a greater power than witchcraft. It's a greater power than the little string on your thing. Or or, or I used to put like candles all over my, my room. And I had spirits that were that was dominating my life. And you know what? I opened a dealer. They prophesy this and they're good. And I went and opened a dealer and I prospered and I will smoke a cigar backwards and I will sell five, six cars. Oh, it worked. You mean to tell me that I'm going to come to the kingdom of God and it's going to be less than that? God refused. Race to life. And why I say that is because if I was dead and that was happening, what more when I'm raised to life? What more that now I'm in the kingdom of God and my daddy owns everything the Bible says? A lot of people put more confidence in the little botanica, that's what they call it. Here botanicas. And it's funny because it's more botanicas which is what they do all these, supposedly they help God. God don't need no help. He's in control. And the funny thing is, that's what they told me. The devil is a liar. It was like, no, they're God's helper. I'm like, does God need help? Like, in the beginning it was God. Like, really? Like, there was no other saints. I was like, but you know, you don't know and you're seeking the truth. And I was seeking to find out why my heart was so empty, though I had everything. But I was empty inside, so I was looking like, To the point that one time I said, well, listen, out of all these things that I got, I got is great, but which one is going to fill my heart with love because I'm empty? They was like, we don't have one for that. So they go my journey again because I wanted to be raised to life. I, I just wanted to know the fullness of what life is. Life is not getting up, punching in and punching out, and that's life. That's not life. There's two important days in your life. Watch this. When you're born and when you find out why. Race to life. Because I, I, was, I, was, I was living life. I had no purpose. So if you have no purpose, you're empty because you're just going around like a dog that's shaking his tail. You're stuck in one place. <laughs> no purpose. So the most important days of your life is this, when you're born and when you find out why. There's a why. Tell your neighbor, there's a why in your life. Raise to life. Because once you're raised to life and you see the purpose, Everyone has a cause here. What's my cause? I'll tell you what my cause is. What's the cause of the church? What's the cause of Ignite? The cause is the cross. And everything I do goes around my cause. My job is for my cause. The reason I have a job is to collect and make sure that the cause, the cause that I'm here, gets pushed forward. We're all created here. And once you find out the why, and it happened to me, when I found out the why, I was like, hold on. I was born to lead people to Christ so the kingdom of God could grow. That's it. It's over. It's a wrap. What I desired in the past, what, what fulfilled me was selling cards and building and creating. When I found out it was about creating the kingdom of God, I was ruined for anything else. Race to life. Something awakening. It's an awakening. Like I was talking about, I was doing witchcraft in the Dominican Republic, and, and, and I was here, and I got out of the whole realm of trying to find, and I'm looking after God, I'm chasing after God, I want to know who God is, I want to know everything about, about God, and so I was like, I want to get baptized, the Bible says I should be baptized, I was like, oh, slow down, we see your excitement, but you got to go to classes, I'm like, I eagerly want to be raised to life, I've re- I want to experience what Jesus experienced, the Bible says Jesus was baptized. So I was like, if he got baptized and he he's my savior, I'm gonna do what he does. And he was dumped. And I actually did go to Israel and get baptized right where Jesus got baptized. I'm just saying. I'm radical like that. Went over to Israel. Like, did Jesus get baptized? He is right here. Okay, dump me. <laughs> like, woo! The heavens ain't open, but I, I I thought it did. <laughs> and um, so I ended up going to, to DR on a trip and it was one of my craziest experiences I ever had, and there, this is a true story, but you want to believe me or not, it's my, I got testimony, my son was with me, and uh, so I eagerly wanted to do this, I ended up on a trip in Dominican Republic, again. so I was at the church, and they were telling me, listen, this is a list of things, we got to see fruits, I'm like, what am I, a tree now, like my, I know it calls me a tree, but literally you want to see fruits, I'll just get bags of uh, oranges, I don't know, what do you want from me, I just want to get baptized, so they you got to take all these classes, and after you take these classes, we got to inspect to see if you're showing fruit. I'm like, what? How would they know? Like, what are you looking for? Like, I just want to get baptized. What are you complicating this. So then my wife also wanted to get baptized. to do? So I, th- she, the, she's like, you're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm just going to follow you. Wherever you go, I go, all right, cool, let's do this. And they told her, you got to show fruits too. Like, you got to do classes. I remember she did six classes and she didn't fi- finish and we- she couldn't get baptized. So here it is. Uh, I go to the Dominican Republic and uh, it was an experience in my life. And I wasn't baptized yet. I was eagerly wanting to be baptized. And, and I eagerly wanted to be baptized in the spirit because there's two different baptisms. So today I'm going to be talking about the regular baptism. The baptism in the spirit is a whole different realm. So you ever been baptized in the spirit, you know what I'm talking about. It's an experience and a half. The water is one. That one is like, Whoa. And the funny thing is, I got both baptisms in that trip. Both. And mind you, I was doing witchcraft out there and, and I just was just seeking God. And I just wanted whatever it is that God had for me. I wanted. I was like a little kid. And sometimes, you know, the Bible says the, that to enter the kingdom of God, we have to be like children. Like children, just like if daddy says it, then I'm gonna get it. We complicate the Bible too much. Because we put our senses, our thinking, how God's gonna do it. He's not gonna let you, he's not gonna show you how. That's why we only think what I think is 10% of our brain, the other nine is on shut off. So we don't know all things. But then if we knew all things, then where does faith fit in? Faith is being sure of we will, what we hope for and certain of the things we want. You saw it, you don't need faith. Anyway, I'm going back to this trip. So I'm in the trip. And we're we're in the in the hotel and Serge was there. Hey Serge. Um, so we're in the water, we're in the water, and uh, the day before we went to a mountain and we started praying for God and God started doing crazy stuff. The following day after that, God baptized me in tongues when I hugged the witch lady that did witchcraft for me. She found me, and I was with some one of the guys, and they was like, listen, who's in you is greater than who's in her. He says, go over there and hug her. And I was scared because for 10 years, I was seeing this lady as my mediator in the spiritual realm. And somehow she found me. And so here I am. And I looked at her. And the funny thing is that right when I looked at her, all her eyes were black. Like, like literally like God allowed me to see who was in her. It was no white. So I'm looking at her in my mind going, am I bugging? Am I losing my, is that real? So I go and I hug her. And when I hugged her, God baptized me in tongue to show the devil I no longer belong to him. The lady fell and went to a service and accepted God, has been serving God ever since. That's how God works. So the next day, watch this. The next day, the next day, we're in the water, and so there was a of about 12 guys in the water, and there were some pastors that were going and leaving. And while they were leaving, they were coming down. And so one of the pastors looked at me and says, George, have you been baptized in water? I mean, God baptized you in tongue. I'm sure you was baptized in water. I was like, No, they wouldn't baptize me because I didn't have no fruits. So I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, so they was like, well, there's nothing to stop us from baptizing you. Now, mind you, it was a sunny day. Serge's testimony, a witness, really, because he saw all this. And so they made a circle and they put me in the middle. So my heart was thumping to like it was like, wow, this is happening. Right. And all of a sudden, there was a cloud that came over the pool. There was no clouds nowhere else. And when they started praying for me, the clouds started raining water inside the pool. And as I was dumped and I, when, I, when I came up and I saw, all I saw was rain falling down. The pastors that were preaching there with shirt and tie jumped in the water. They was like, whatever's going on in there, I want some of it. That was my experience. But the experience when I was dumped in and when I came out, it was a whole different world. I've, let's put it like this. I've never been the same. It's a significance when you do that. It's a significance of something that you believe inside. It's a significance when you come out, you are raised to life. It is something that happened. All our baptisms are always crazy because God does something. When you come with an open heart like, God, here I am. I'm surrendering my life over to you. God does something because you're saying, here, here, daddy, here's my life. You do what you want with it. I no longer could run this life no more. So here I am. I'm going to show the world. I'm going to show the world. I'm going to show myself how much I love you. I'm going to go and I want my life as it was before to be left in that water. I want the cleansing. I want the I want everything you, you have for me raised to life right because you look at it right you're baptized you're jumped and all the dirt in your conscience stays there when you're raised you're raised to life why because the first person that you're going to experience is god's presence why the only thing stopping you from walking with god every day sometimes is your own conscience like i'm not worthy of walking with god how could god love me look what i look what i do look where i'm at and god wants to walk with you he's gotten he hasn't gone nowhere When you accept God into your life, he's in your heart. He's not going nowhere. The only one that alienates himself from him is you and your conscience. And conscience means this, with knowledge. So you have knowledge of your wrongdoing, but don't think that the cross took it 2,000 years ago so you think there's a debt. And anytime you owe somebody money, the first thing you do is run. Have you ever walked down the street and owed somebody something? You cross the street real quick. Oh, man. Right? Because when you owe and you don't have to pay, you run, you run, man. Time is. <laughs> amen. You guys got. You guys are learning. I want to add one more. Come on, that's Ike. Come on. Have you ever been around my Ike and you're and you're speaking? You'd be like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Let's go to the second verse in 1 Peter 3.19. The third thing in that subtitle there was uh, he came to give life and life in abundance. He didn't come to give a partial. He came to give a full. And a lot of times when we realize and understand that God would never leave us, nor forsake us, that wherever we go, he's there, that he is... Our provider, that he's the one, like the acknowledgement of him in your life. I'm telling you. Look what happened to Peter when he acknowledged Jesus was in the boat. He couldn't catch fishes all night, but when Jesus got in the boat, there were so many fishes that he told you, he told him, bring nets, and he brought one net because he even doubted the word of Jesus. Just go to this verse. First Peter. And this goes down, and we're going to finish with the other one. It says, so he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. It's talking about the spirit of God was preaching, and before the boat was done, he was there preaching about the goodness. It says, only eight people were saved from the drowning in the terrible flood. It says, so it says that He went and preached to the spirits in prisons. And we think about spirits. We think about prison. We think we're not. What? Oh, this is good. Man. You're you're a body with a soul that possesses a spirit. You're a spirit. That's who you are. You have a soul and you live where? Is a body who you are? Like if you looked at this building from the outside, you would say, this building is not me. I'm me, right? So your body is just a house where you dwell at your soul is your emotions your mind your intellect who you are you're a spirit that's why the bible says those who worship god must worship what in spirit and ain't say soul or it's say flesh it's a in spirit god is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth so you're a spirit when you're born again that born again spirit when you when when you accept god into your life it's sealed and i like the best way the best way i could talk about the sealed holy spirit is yodels how many like yodels in this house uh, you'll never. When you eat a yodel, you're gonna remember me again. So I'm gonna ruin you. Every time you <laughs> eat a yodel, you don't think of me. Now you look at this yodel, right? It is packed inside a vacuum pack, right? And it is sealed. Everybody say sealed. Yeah. Now this here could fall in the ground, could fall in the mud, could fall anywhere. It, you can spray paint, but the minute you open the seal, what's inside? Did it get damaged? When you're born again, you get sealed by the Holy Spirit and something sealed can't be broken. You are sealed, you are are held together until the day of redemption. So when you sin, when you do something wrong, where does it go? It goes on your outer covering because the Bible says the flesh goes back where it came from. So think think of paintball, right? You put all these garments, right? And you're, we're going to one too pretty soon, right? You're going and you got all this and you can't get hit because you're out, right? And you boom, and you get hit here and bam, right? You get hit. But at the end of the game, watch this. At the end of the game, you get to take all those garments off. Did you really get hit? So the Bible says that, that the flesh goes back where it came from, right? And the spirit goes back where it... So the sealed, the sealed portion of what you are It's because when God says, I raised you to life, it's because he sealed you. There is nothing that's going to go inside who you really are because it is God who seals you. And if God seals you, who's going to open that wrap? You're sealed until the day of redemption. This is one of the most powerful things you can ever learn about our walk with God, that you are not your external. You are a spirit, and that spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, if you take a, 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 I'll give you an example, a chuleta. Pork chop, pork chop, right? And you season it, right? Real good, right? And you wrap it up, right? In those airtight seals, right? And you could put it in the freezer for how long? Forever we can go forever because as long as no air gets inside it'll never be damaged right and it could be five years ten years right and then when you're ready to take it out and you break that seal that is as fresh as the first day you put it in there so when when you when you accept God into your life you are sealed until the day of redemption the day of redemption when you leave your body he opens that seal you are as fresh as the first day that you was born again this is some truth that will revolutionize the way you see God Because our conscience will always disqualify us from God. Our conscience will always separate us from God. And we got to be reminded daily of what was done 2,000 years ago. Because if God for us, who could be against us? What's going to empower us to overcome this life is him. The Bible calls him counselor. Why? Have anybody in in school and you did something wrong, where did they send you? Counselor, right? So a counselor is someone who counsels you how to get out of your trouble many times, we think that when we do something wrong, we're apart from God. So how could you speak to your counselor if in your mind, you don't have him there? That's why Jesus says, it is good for me to go, because when I leave, I will send the what? We need a lot of counseling, you know? hello? <laughs> and what better counseling than a godly counseling when it's God himself, like, I don't need you to do this, and I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't do this, because this, this, and that. Because a lot of times when the power of sin is the law, if I tell you, don't do this. If, you, if, I, if I have four rooms and I told a bunch of little kids, you can go to all three of the doors, but don't go in that door. Odds are, if we put a camera, they will go. They won't even inspect the three They can go in. You know what they'll do? They'll go to the one you said, don't do. Because there's a power and someone will tell you, don't do it and you want to do it. That's why some people can't understand grace. There's also, you're saying that we can do whatever? No. It's just that that power's not there. He says... I, I could do whatever I want. But is it good for you? Because sin is, is going to do its job. You know what sin does? It destroys whether you're in God or not. It just does its job. You make wrong choices, you're going to get wrong results. When you serve God, you have the ability to get a counselor to counsel you to do the right choices to get the what? The right results. That is the difference. The Bible says this. If anyone lacks wisdom, because every problem we have in our life is a wisdom problem. It says if, you, if, if anyone lacks it it says ask God watch this this is powerful it says ask God and he'll give you the wisdom without finding fault that's powerful why would he he add that because many times oh God is not listening to me God don't answer me but there it says I do answer I'm with you matter of fact I'm not finding fault the only thing alienating us is your fault finding fault finding spirit a lot of times it's with us We're our biggest critic. Amen. I'm going to go to this last verse. I'm going to wrap it up with this. And this is all a chapter in chapter 3, 1 Peter 3. I'm just reading the whole thing. And I'm going to wrap it up with this one because this is so self-explanatory. Watch this. It says, and baptism. Now he's going to talk about it. It says, which is a figure of the deliverance that now also saves you. Look at this. From inward questionings and fear. So when you're doing this, you're doing this with the knowledge and understanding that, hold on, everything was left behind. There shouldn't be no fear. Perfect love casts out fear, right? So it's understanding what happened at the cross, understanding when you get baptized and you go down, that every every consciousness of sin, if God is forgetting about it, it's time for you to forget about it and allow God to work through you. It says, not by the removing of our body filth. So the baptism is not about an external. In the Old Testament, it was about the external. But here's saying, no, 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 no. This baptism is not about what's the dirt outside. Don't worry about it because well, whatever it is is going to go where it came from. That, you're going to get a new body. Why would you get a new body? Because the old one's no good. It doesn't matter if you live in a cave right now. To the time that God comes, that body cannot make it to the heaven. The Bible says the kingdom of God cannot be inherited by flesh nor blood. Why? Because we're always going to fail, and despite the fact that if we stop failing now, we failed in the past. It's still in our flesh. Watch this. He says, "But the providing you with what? The answer of a good and clear." Give a second. Conscience. Look at this. Inward cleanliness and peace. Whew. Whew. I remember when I went into the water. When I came back out. It was just like a serene peace and I couldn't understand it because I never really understood this verse till, till God started showing me like when you go down and you come back up it's like you died with me and you resurrected with me and now you're a new creature and all the old is gone the new has come. That's what baptism is about. You can't baptize a three-year-old. They don't know any wrong. Do I need to be baptized to be saved? No, because the man at the cross didn't get baptized and jesus said you're gonna be with me in the kingdom today so it's not a necessary thing but it's a good thing because what happens is something supernatural that happens so i'm telling you now it happened with me when my wife got baptized in, in in the water when i went i sent her out there and she was out there for like a week and i just wanted to surprise her and so i go over there and i was like where's my wife it was like that she's here so i go into the place and the baptism I went on and everything. And um, so I look and she had like ponytails on a side. So I, she looked like a campesina, which is someone from the camp, right? A campo? A camp, right? Camp. So so I literally, this is a true story. A true story. This happened to her, right? And um, so I go to her and I say, um, do you know where Shulma's at? And she's like, babe, it's me! <laughs> because she her face looked different every it was something different about her and she had went in and she went down there and she wanted to get baptized and she got baptized and even when i saw her when i came back from Dominican republic i think danny was you was there danny at the dealer like danny was there and they was like yo you look different what happened i said dude i can't even tell you what happened it was just crazy and again, it was an experience. And then when you understand, when you do something understanding, because perhaps you got baptized in the past and didn't really understand what you was doing. You just did it because you, you figured the church wants you to do it because it's part of the regulations and you did the classes. But not really knowing what you was doing, knowing that when you got dumped, everything of your past, that there was a cleansing in your conscience. Because when you do something intentional, then it's in, I'm doing this intentional. I'm going to get baptized and the old me, all my past is going to stay behind me. When I get up, I'm raised to life. That's intentional. So we're, we're doing baptism next week. And, I, and I'm doing the class now. So I don't have to do the class. And I figure I'm starting a new series. I want to share this with you because this is so deep. It says, it says an inward cleanliness and peace before God. Because you are demonstrating what you believe to be yours. Tell your, tell your neighbor it's mine. <laughs> Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> So here it's saying like it's a declaration and the declaration has to do with, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things when you invite friends because it's it's, it's showing people like I'm ready, like God's going to do something in my life. And I want you to witness the day this happened. So when it happened, it won't be a surprise because God's about to do something in my life. When you get baptized, it's like God is about to do. When you go in with that notion in your heart, like you know that you're going to go down, and when you come up, God is going to do something. God always moves on the desires of your heart, and the Bible says he fulfills the desires of your heart. So if you come and you say, God, here it is. Today, today, today I'm going to be raised to life. Today I'm going to go in there one way, and I'm going to come out another. If that's the attitude, man, I suggest you guys, and we're doing a worship service, we do it really nice. Like this is a memorable moment. Okay? And it's not so much you and your family. It's about you and God. It's about you and God. You're saying, God, I'm ready. Like, you're just standing up saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to stand up for something bigger than myself. Like, the one of the biggest reasons, like I said, is when you're born it's one thing. When you're born and find out why, you're going to be ruined for anything else in your life. And a lot of times, we just so foggy with everything that's going on in our life. And, and when you do a baptism and, like, that whole week, you're just thinking. And I don't know if you've done baptism before, but... it. it it's something in people's faces. I, I've seen people tremble. I've seen people faint. I've seen people just come out speaking in tongues. They get baptized in water. They get baptized in the spirit. Like God does something. And what's the difference? Because he's not a respecter of person. It's just the, in, that intimacy. Like when you went in there, you just went there with your heart like open. Like God, here I am. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people that are available. Available Here I am. I'm about to do this, and I'm making myself available to you. Like, let's do this. Like, what you created me for. Like, let's do this. That's the kind of attitude you have to have. Cause at the end of the day, we're on this journey. And what's this journey all about? And when you're raised to life, when you're raised to life, the Bible says that Paul had an, ex- an experience that his face scales came off. And sometimes we just can't see. And what happens when you come with an open heart, again, it's the demonstration of something inward. When you get dumped in, like, I, I don't e- it's just even the presence. Like, the last time we did it, it was like, even the visitors that came, they was like, yo, sign me up. Where do I sign? I'm getting dumped. I mean, we are dumping everybody. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> we had a pool in here. And, and 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 it's just something, it's just something supernatural, supernatural that happens. I want everybody to stand up. Raise to life, raise to life. What is what is life? Uh, anything apart from God is not life. And and perhaps you you've been just living that life like you know what? I, I kind of don't get it. Like, I mean, I was a point in my life where I just I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't get like why would God create me and and. They had to. He, what he had in mind? Like nobody creates nothing with something in mind. Like nobody creates something just to create. Everybody who creates and creates intentionally, they create because they're they're looking to create a solution for a problem. Like you was created to resolve a solution. And when you find out what that solution is that you're about to resolve in your life that God created for you, you're gonna be ruined for anything else. So it gets to a point where you just you know what you you surrender. You just say, here I am. Because you could be living life and not be alive. You could just be a corpse going around, just punching in and punching out. And that's not what God intended. He intended us to raise us to life. And it's a life in abundance, not in mediocrity. There is so much in store for us. One of the, the, the our mission statements here is to lead people to an, an encounter with God and his legacy. What's a legacy? It's a will. You encounter God, now you encounter what he left and for us to go to different levels and this is something available next week we're doing baptisms and i don't know where you're at in your walk with god like i don't know what what's inside like what's going on perhaps you need to do something radical perhaps you need to get out of the boat perhaps you've been sitting in a boat too long like you get radical about what you feel in your heart and you say you know what i want to do this i want to do this because the biggest word i can say today that i just feel in my heart is just to surrender like you've been doing it on your own for so, for so long and it hasn't worked you've been driving the car being lost all the time it's about to get in, the pa- get in the passenger side and let God drive your car and I guarantee you it'll get to his destiny and it's just at that point I got to that point I, just, I surrendered like I got to the point where I said you know I don't even want to live no more I don't know if you've been there or you just said I don't want to live no more because it's meaningless what did I do every week and every day Is the same over and over Is this life? Is this what life has? And then I just surrendered. I said, God, if you're real. If you're real. Here it goes. If you're real. I said that from my house. I said, God, if you're real. I said, you come get me. And if you come get me, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. If you give me the meaning of life. Seven days later, a prophet stood in front of my house. Opened her window on a red Ford Explorer. 99. She broke down the window and went, you called here I am. The reality of God is so real. I said, you come get me. He sent the lady and said, you call me, here I am. And so I'm looking at her going. He says, so you can know it is the Lord. He says, this is the women you have in your life. These are the saints you have in your business. That's your business. I don't know this lady from a can of spray paint. She says, the French fries. she's even told me the food that gives me heartburn. I want to be details. Like, who knows that? Like, really, who is so detailed to know what gives you heartburn other than your mom, maybe? And God who created you that knows your feelings, your thoughts, your everything. And at that moment, I just started searching and searching and searching and searching. It wasn't until my encounter that I was dunked and raised that I was like, wow, I was raised to life. Are you ready to be raised to life? perhaps everything you've done doesn't even doesn't doesn't even fulfill you because sometimes we're like oh man let's go partying and you're like oh man because i did it right you're like oh this is cool right but guess what when the party's over and you go to your bed and you slay down and you got to still go through the thoughts that are going through you and tears are coming down your eyes because they didn't feel you guess what it doesn't feel you the only one that can feel you is this is god he says we will create it with eternity in our hearts guess what who could feel that eternity? Only he who is the beginning and the end is God, is Jesus. So if today is your moment, you saying, you know what? I need him in my life. I need him in my life. I need to be raised. I, I'm, I'm dead. I'm just walking around. I'm just so out of it. Like, today's my day. I want everybody to bow their heads. If this is your day today, and even after this, even if you accept today, and, and you want to get baptized next week, sign up. Let's do this. Sometimes we're so aggressive on many things in life but we're not aggressive after God. Let's get aggressive about going after God. The Bible says seek my kingdom and my righteousness and I will add all these things. Guess what? Take all that energy and focus in God and whatever your desires in your heart is it'll just pop up. Boop. So if this is you if today you say this is, this is my day I'm ready to surrender. I want everybody to bow their heads and follow me with a simple prayer. Father I believe you sent your son to die for me. And on the third day, he resurrected. And today, I open my heart. I open my arms. I open my life. Come into my heart. Guide me. Lead me. Speak to me. This I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And today? It's your day to surrender.